meeting is being recorded. Well, that's neat. Wrestling should be fun, should be fun. Wrestling should be fun. Wrestling should be fun, should be fun. Wrestling should be fun. G'day, scholars, and welcome back to the Wrestling Should Be Fun podcast. It's what the nerds are watching. I am this week's host for part of the podcast, Dom Philp, on the mic. Not too hard, not too soft, but just right. We are coming to you free of charge almost every single week on Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, wherever you get your podcasts from. Best way for you to support is to rate, review, subscribe. The holy Kai Tricolon, not the Kai Trollin, that's something different. Uh, the holy Tricolon, that's the first time I messed that up live. Leave it in, Phil. Uh, hey, what about some social media stuff? Maybe you wanted to uh, get around us over there on Instagram. Why don't you tag us at Wrestling Should Be Fun, all one word. Maybe you want to, I don't even know how Twitter works, quote, tweet this. It's at WSBFUN, all one word over there on Twitter. Far more lucrative and prestigious than the Instagram, but that's okay. Ross, it's his full-time job. Guys, I'm so, so excited because we are joined I think this might be our first ever second time guest for a professional wrestler, but not only is he a professional wrestler, he is a daft lad. He's going to explain to us what that is in a second. And he is also the Booker Man Supreme. It's that damn dirty dog. It's Gene Muddy. Hello, hello, how are you? Mate, I am absolutely fantastic and all the better for seeing you, my friend. What's happening? What's, how, how does this uh, Monday evening find you? The Monday evening is finding me. It's 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 all right, you know. We're two point one three weeks away from that floods emporium, so we you know we got stress building. We got cortisol running through the bones and the body. But other than that, we are doing all right, Dom. All is well, and I'm not stressed, panicking at all. Yeah, mate. It's gonna be okay if you build it. They will come, or whatever it might be, mate. We're gonna we pull back. This is how we do it here. We uh we pull back the fourth curtain, or whatever you like to say, uh, an overused metaphor there. You've but got we, too many curtains, Dom. We're gonna talk a lot about the Darth Lad Emporium, but I thought I better just touch in on how you're getting on. I mean, mate, since the last time we spoke to you here on the Wrestling Should Be Fun podcast. Quite a bit's happened, mate. I think uh, there's been one or two pretty prestigious title shots. Um, Absolutely. We, when was the last time I spoke to you? Was it pre-Strong Style? Uh, yeah, it must have been just after Strong Style, I think, because I think we spoke about um, Warren Banks and how much that meant to you. But then oh. his injury. So I think it might have been just after Strong Style we spoke, but I, I do remember that chat pretty clearly. But... Since then, you know, unfortunately, Banksy's been a bit hurt. We had Banksy on as well um, on a previous episode too, if you want to look that up, dear listener. And since then, well, mate, you've somehow managed to discover your own championship. Didn't uh, discover it. I won that. Yeah. <laughs> How's that? Let's, let's, not, let's not come out here with the accusations that this is some sort of gimmick championship. Tom, this is the most prestigious championship in British wrestling today. I don't know how many times I have to introduce myself as that. I'll do it again for the podcast. Oh, hey, it's me. It's Gene Money. You know, the most prestigious champion in British wrestling today. I should have had the belt with me. Podcasts aren't a visual medium, but just imagine it's here. Wow, shiny, lovely. Coming right. out here with accusations that I discovered it. It discovered what? me. You know, discovered like a metaphor, you know what I mean? Like, 
it, I guess like humans discovered the moon. Did we really? It's always been there. It's And you've always been the rightful Gene Money champion. I, I do agree. What a prestigious title that is. What, mate, tell just for the listeners not too sure. Do you want to give us a little bit of a background into the championship? And like how it came to be, and you know, there like are many what- myths and legends. There are many myths and legends surrounding this. The fact is, there is a the Gene Money Championship of Gene Money. The belt is absolutely glorious. It has a picture of me as a dog on the front. It's got the word Gene Money written sixty nine times on the belt. If you look closely, <laughs> <laughs> sex numbers. The fact that I have it is purely coincidental. You know, this is just like if John Intercontinental won the Intercontinental Championship. John, what would John Intercontinental's finish be, do you think? It would be, oh, um, here's a punchline I'm trying to think. Seven continent, something like that, I think. Yeah, uh, maybe. Take him back to Pangea. That's it. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. Are we, are we trying to get away with bad Pangea jokes so far? God, the podcast is going wonderfully. Dear listener, please write in, tag Ross the Boss Casey in any of your tweets about uh, Johnny Intercontinental's finisher ideas. We have to have a little bit of wackiness on the Wrestling Should Be Fun podcast, Gene, you know, and sometimes <laughs> the jokes land and sometimes they don't. It is what it I is. I can't know? think of many transcontinental jokes right now. Yeah. I should have had at least three answers in my mind before I came up with the idea. I just had nothing. I threw you a, a hospital pass, as we say in rugby league, but that's okay. Um, yeah, so, all right, so there's that that championship, the most prestigious one, which you are, you know, probably the forever champion, although we'll see if there's any, uh, well, I don't know, are there any worthwhile contenders that you can see on the Progress roster? I've defended the championship in Ireland now, so technically it's a world championship. I was hoping to defend it out in LA at Mania this year. Alas, it's not going, you know, intercontinental anytime soon, but uh, it's technically a world championship, so hooray for me. Um, But, you know, uh, I like that picture that you've got on your wall there. It says atmosphere. I like it. Now, at any point, if somebody walked up to you on the street and they said, put that picture that says atmosphere on the line. Would you yeah. do it? Someone says, Dom, put your house on the line. Would you do it? How, how big are they? <laughs> they're small. They're like, they're, like, they're like three packs of hands stacked on top of each other. Don't worry about it. You've got no reason to put your, 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 nah. your picture of atmosphere on the wall. So why bother? This is my championship. Why yeah. am I going to put it on the line? I've got nothing to gain and everything to lose. They want to put something on the line for themselves. Let's make it a bit interesting, a bit championship and championship sandwich. Maybe, but until then, no, no one's having it. It's mine. And speaking of which, you did get the opportunity to wrestle for the second most prestigious world championship (laughs) in the the UK at the moment. You know, apologies to anybody that's not a progress homeboy like we all are here at Wrestling Should Be Fun. (laughs) Mate, I just wanted to really give you a shout out and like give you some flowers. I was actually sober for the show. Um, as I'm, you know, I'm drinking a bit less at the moment, which I'm sure the listeners will be shocked to hear. And I was really sober and geez, I really enjoyed your performance against Spike Trevay. So 
in case any of the listeners weren't there, you know, one of the only times I can actually remember a progress main event clearly. And so you would jump before the match started. Uh, yeah, predominantly. that sucks. And, right. and Trivia himself, they did a real number on you. Um, absolutely. They, did, they got the first wear off the WWE network chair shot to the head. Well, yeah, I know. I uh, That's going to go down in history. That'll be in the highlights reel one day, mate. You know? Yeah. yeah. So, so and, to the apron, dicked about and, on the floor, rattled with a chair. Those chairs, they suck. But uh, yeah, then dropped on my head with a pile driver. Still kicked out, Dom. I'm massively strong. But, uh, but, you know, but still, it was a real good match apart from the end. Yeah, but, you know, it's Spike Trevay matches, man. Like, me going into that match thinking anything other than, oh, referee might take a fall tonight was uh, silly yeah. on me. Yeah. I um, I don't know. This is probably – this is one of those times where I'm like, oh, um, how much inside baseball do we talk here on the Wrestling Should Be Fun podcast? But – I'll tell you what, that Oscar, he gets fucking knocked out a lot at the moment, doesn't he? I feel bad for any referee who has to officiate a Spike Trevay match. Yeah. And I I think that, um, in fact, the the crowd around my area seems to really have turned on Oscar. (laughs) Good. I actually killed Oscar at a Riptide show once. Stabbed oh, him really? with a screwdriver and he bled out, but Sue Young um, brought him back as a zombie. You what? That was a real good match. Yeah, that sounds, sounds incredible. Like a dream when I say it out loud. No, that's well, that no, makes perfect logical sense to me. Just, just like the first ten minutes of this pod, we're going really well here. I reckon this is good <laughs> stuff, mate. So that's uh, you know that's how you've been going, and unfortunately, you didn't win the world title that night. You were absolutely robbed. But I think that the performance itself will stand the test of time for sure. I think at the time I called it the Herculean performance, and I, I really did mean that. You and I mean this in the most respectful way. You got the shit kicked out of you. And it was, <laughs> it was just the best. And um, I think you showed how tough you were. So, um, you know, we, we love to see it. And, Thanks, uh, man. Appreciate you, it. And I know that there's going to be another crack at that title coming in your future for sure. But, mate, we're here mostly to talk about the Daft Lad Emporium. So I guess just to start Ooh. us off, give us, just give us the Iggy on the show, like when and where it is. And we'll mention it several times, but how can our listenership be involved with the Daft Lad Emporium? Oh, so, I mean, God, me coming onto this podcast and forgetting what the ticket link is, my God. It might be bit.ly forward slash Gene Emporium, but most people... I think it's exactly that. Or if not, just Google Progress Wrestling and then click on tickets when you get to the link. Exactly. come up with it there. I had an idea for a show back in 2020 to run this really wild show where it wasn't just the wrestling that was going to be featured it was going to be almost a play throughout it i love wrestling i love storytelling in wrestling but why is it only you know oh here's six matches with different stories why isn't it the entire show is one big story and every part of that story affects every single match on that card so i wanted to create a different way of telling stories and then the pandemic happened um so i was actually going to be running this with resurgence last year but we couldn't make the dates work fantastic company amazing people and so at the end of last year i simply messaged progress saying hey look i got an idea do you want to run with this 
And I don't know if they'd been on a big sesh or something because they replied <laughs> yes. And yeah, it's it's a really it's something that no one's kind of done really well before. Like I've taken inspiration from things like uh, the play that goes wrong, uh, the Schadenfreude shows run by, you know, Brooks and Aussie Open and Lycos and the boys back in pre-pandemic days before everyone got too famous. And Charles Crowley's uh, You've Been, uh, You're Cordially Invited. I've taken a lot of elements of, you know, that yeah. kind of storytelling and put it into one big live show. And I mean, I'm biased, but this thing is going to go down as, I mean, not just an incredible wrestling show because the cards are banger. But yeah. it's going to go down as one of the most memorable shows progress will ever do. Hands down. That's, mate, that's amazing. I And, like, thanks for being so open and honest with us about, like, how the show is um, taking shape. I didn't expect any of that. Like, I was thinking maybe I, I wasn't too sure whether really this, you know, truly was your baby with your fingerprints. Like, was it really kind of, um, I don't know, maybe the things that came to mind for me were maybe like an Effie's Big Gay Brunch or something like that. But at the end of the day, that's just a show that's built around the character of Effie, I think, more so than Effie being in charge of, you know, booking everything. It sounds to me like you're the architect and the carpenter behind it. Like, are you really going through the phone book? Are you really, you know, calling up your friends and saying, hey, I need you for this? Yeah, a hundred percent. There are a couple of people I've been uh, who I've had to use because, you know, progress wanted them in these places. And at the end of the day, (laughs) they're paying for it. So they might as well. So, yeah. But other than that, this show has kind of been orchestrated by myself. Everyone who is on the show is there for a reason. Now, it it bums me out because I really wish I could just book all of my mates and go, hey, look at this. I've booked all of my mates to do a wrestling show. But it's not that. It's everyone who is on the show is there to fill a very specific role on the show because I feel they are very good performers and they can hit this out of the park. Like, don't get me wrong. There is going to be a story running through it, but there are still going to be seven fantastic matches on this card. Yeah. Um, uh, Everyone who's on there is on there for a reason. Yeah. Um, I got to bring in some debuts. So we've got Jack Bandicoot making his debut. Well, I want to ask about Jack. Tell me, tell me a little bit about Jack and for the listeners that aren't too sure about Jack Bandicoot. So Jack's a northern lad. He's a Yorkshire boy. He's just one of these people who's got unlimited energy by, you know, you watch him. He's got fantastic charisma. He's got an incredible, like, very unique movement and moveset. And... He's one of these lads who, much like Leon Slater, just needs those opportunities to show the world that everyone's kind of been sleeping on him, that nobody, you know, nobody should not be booking this dude because he's great. Well, straight away, like, dear listener, if you're hearing that, if, if he's half as good as Leon Slater, you want to get yourself down to the Dome next Tuesday, the 7th of March, because you want to get on the ground floor. Um, well, that's I'm, it, yeah. And he, he, he's in there with Leon He's in there with Leon. He's in there with Callum Newman in a triple threat match. I'll spoil a little bit. We're opening off the show with that match. And it feels like we're starting the match off with the show off with a main event. I mean, the show's designed to feel like that. And it's going to be a, just an absolutely sensational match. Brilliant. I, mate, I can't wait. We, we, you know, we got quite a few matches for us to have a bit of a chat about. There's been some announced. And obviously, you said that we've got seven to look forward to. So maybe a few surprises still to come. 
Yes. Mate, I just wanted to ask a little bit about really the name, Darth Lad Emporium. Now, I hear this and the first thing that comes into my mind is Willy Wonka. I'm a roll Darth sort of vibe there. Tell me about what is a Daft Lad Emporium in your mind? So in my mind, and I kind of, I think it is a bit too narrow of a term uh, and slightly regret calling a show that because everyone's gone, what? But um, <laughs> no, like a Daft Lad Emporium, everyone on this show is a Daft Lad because they have been willing to take part in this show. Everyone on this show has been daft enough to take part in it. You know, Willy Wanker. Wanker. So, hey, it's a happy ending. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, it's just a big old goddamn fairy tale. Fairy tale? Uh, phrasing? Willy Wonka's chocolates. <laughs> you know, that's what these guys are. These are just what's up for sale in the Emporium right now. They are people who have signed over their life to me to run a show. And yeah, uh, here we go. The first time La- Daft Lad Emporium was mentioned was February 2020. So it's been a while in the making. It's almost been three wow. years to the day since I came out with the idea. I wrote about it on Twitter. And yeah, it was just a show name. And things have changed. I wanted to run it originally in a, uh, a uh, drive-in cinema. I wanted the, uh, the entire ring to be surrounded by car lights yeah. outdoors at night. Wow. Yeah. And <laughs> it was going to be, you know, kind of madness. But again, pandemic. But yeah, it's what we've got in store is going to be amazing. And everyone is a daft lad because everyone has been willing to sign up to this. And I think everyone who walks through that door, every single person who buys a ticket for that show on March the 7th will be a daft lad. They will be the only daft lads on the planet because this show is is different. Mate, do you like, like, obviously you spoke about the sort of the germination of the idea, um, the play that goes wrong, as well as, you know, some wrestling uh, inspiration. Like, do you have a background in uh, writing or theatre outside of wrestling? So, sorry, like, this is one of those things where the listener's like, fucking hell, Dom, how do you not know that? But uh, we're just chatting, you know? It's something I've always had interest in, absolutely, but it's nothing I've really pursued as much as I want to. Um, yeah. I, I used to do like a lot of musical theatre when I was a teenager. Uh, yeah. I used to have a set of pipes on me. Not so much these days. But, but it's something I've really, really liked. I've been, you know, lost in my own imagination for, you know, a lot of years. <laughs> Too yeah. many decades just lost in nonsense running through my head. I've attempted to write things in the past, but this is the one thing I've sat down, start to finish and gone, hey, this actually could work and this is pretty entertaining i sent the kind of treatment to a friend and he replied what the fuck is wrong with you so i think it's going to be good yeah you know when yeah. you're getting those kind of responses you're like well i'm onto something here it's causing reactions yeah mate I, outstanding so uh, i think i think we've sort of got some key points about like what how it's going to be separate from not just any progress show but from any wrestling show like yeah the idea is it's a concept from start to finish everyone working towards one story rather than like you know for example seven different stories is there anything else that in your mind you're like this is why it's going to be different like is do you think it'll look similar is there anything that you're thinking or maybe you can't tell us, but this is really going to catch people by surprise. I'm doing this one thing completely differently to anyone else before me. Yeah, I'm going to create a show that has repercussions. Uh, 
I'm going to create a show that, yeah, fingers crossed, changes the way people can put wrestling together. I think this is a show that you could be a diehard wrestling fan, or this could be your first ever wrestling show, and you could walk away going, yeah, I had a real great time doing that. Yeah, and I think I've put the progress model into a different vehicle, and I'm trying to drive it. Yeah, that's the best way to describe it. Mate, that's awesome. This, I'm not booking any champions on the card just because I, in case I ruin anything for progress. Yeah. Well, I'm hoping that the Gene Money champion is going to be there. He might be. He might be hosting the entire event. Yeah. that's. A, I was going to ask you that, but I didn't know if you were allowed to tell me that or not. Yeah, um, no, no, no. I'm going to be hosting the entire event. It's going to be, yeah, um, yeah I'm going to be the host of the evening, making sure everything goes the way I plan in my head, uh, yeah. making sure everything goes as it's written down on paper, and I'll, uh, I'll kill anyone who ruins it for me. And they, <laughs> yeah, I'll keep my mouth shut. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> um mate that's that's absolutely outstanding so the the show itself is in the tufnell dome uh yeah boston dome at tufnell park tufnell dome whatever it might be called there um now i I mean i've got so many happy memories of wrestling like watching wrestling of course in that place um have you worked much there yourself like is it an important venue for you or is it just sort of following the progress theme of midweek in the dome I saw my first ever progress show at the Dome, uh, which oh, I want to say like chapter four or something. I couldn't tell you for love nor money what happened on that show, but I do remember that was the first time I ever watched a progress show. Yeah. And then I didn't return to the Dome until Attack in 2019. I went to help out at a show, uh, just helped pop the ring, and... The tech manager came up to me and said, hey, have you got your gear? And I was like, yeah. And I'm like, right, you're in a scramble match. So, yeah, it was like uh, myself, Mad Kurt, Mike Bird. I can't remember his name. He's done AEW recently. Valianaki, that's it. And others, probably. And uh, just Elijah was in it. And just a really fun, stupid, you know, whatever match. Uh, got a keyboard to the head from Madka, always fun. Uh, but yeah, it was it was great. And then I debuted the detective gimmick there, Detective Money, who doesn't speak. He only speaks via a monologue that goes through his head that everyone can hear. Yeah. Uh, which, you know, going out to a ring and standing in silence for two and a half minutes whilst your monologue plays and you think, wow. If they don't find this funny, this is going to be the most soul-crushing two and a half minutes of my life. Yeah. Unfortunately, it went all right. And then, yeah, I was supposed to wrestle Gresham there, but he got concussed. So I wrestled Lycos to there. Yeah. The Dome's a great venue. Yeah, it really, it really, really is. If you haven't been there before, like, you've got to check it out. Like, and it's a prestigious yeah. venue as well, like, not just for wrestling. Like, we, and you've hit a couple of high points there. We absolutely love those attack shows, but music as well. Like, I've seen a couple of pretty great bands in there. Like, probably yeah. most notably, I saw Hockey Dad there, which is an Australian band. They were like really great. But I know, I know that a lot of people have got, you know, great memories. It's a really cool venue. Probably, you know, most notable for me was, um, some of those progress, oh shit, what were they called? Freedom's Road shows. Freedom's Rack- Road, yeah, of course. Yeah, and Chuck Mambo time traveling and things like that. Always great, great fun, you know? Yeah. Um, so, like, I guess there is like a little bit of precedent at the Dome for some different Wacky sort of stuff. Yeah. So, mate, can't wait to see what you pull out on. Uh, Thank you. On- 
Tuesday the 7th. That's going to be incredible stuff. That I can't, like, just can't help but ask now. Like, they say, you know, always bring your gear. And, like, you've actually got that opportunity for attack just by turning up with your gear. Like, is that something that you would have been mindful of? Did people tell you that as a youngster in the industry as well? I and mean, yeah, you've always told always bring your gear. And, like, there are enough people in this industry who have had opportunities just because they've had their gear and it's worked out for them. Um, for me, yeah, it happened at attack and it's... Something I don't see happening as much these days post-pandemic, but, you know, I don't know if it's maybe everything's a little bit more structured now or whatever, but, you know, I, I even saw it at Progress before. Like, I did Ring Crew a few times for Progress, and there were times where someone had dropped out and they're like, have you got your gear? Yeah, well, you're on the show. Simple as that. I've uh, seen it a few times happen, but now I think things are a little bit more rigid. I think it will we'll get back to that time, but 100%. Wrestling 101 is always bringing gear because you don't know what's going to happen. Things can change like that. Whether yeah. it's an injury, uh, somebody's car's broke down, it doesn't matter. You know, there's opportunity in, in unfortunate circumstances. Yeah. Yeah, of course. And like, it's just, it, you know, it's not just wrestling. It, it applies for all life, you know, being able to be a bit flexible, um, you know, and take those opportunities when they come. So, you know, Absolutely. it's just... It's just great to hear that, you know, that really does happen as well. You know, in the real world, it's not just uh, an old, uh, I guess, an old cliche that people say just because it sounds like something they should say. My second attack booking came because I went to help out with a ring again. And I think in my head, I thought, well, I'm not going to lose anything. My policy in wrestling, like when I was trying to come up, was what's the worst that could happen when you have that mentality? Like if I bring my gear and I go to an attack show to help out, Worst case scenario is I watch a really good wrestling show. It's not that much of a loss. Sure, I'm not at home or doing whatever, but I get to go out and watch something I really enjoy. So if you have that kind of mentality of what's the worst that could happen if I go again, oh, I I might get to watch a bit more wrestling. And what happened? I got booked as Ned Flanders to wrestle uh, Vampire Chuck Mambo at the Halloween show. Amazing. Because like, I knew it was a Halloween show and I didn't bring my gear. I brought costumes. <laughs> <laughs> like, surely even just, like, aside from the idea, like, people must just even see someone who's willing to go and work hard. Like, someone who's, like, willing to work that's not even wrestling work. Oh, this guy, this guy put in a shift and is, like, carrying those, the steel beams of the wrestling ring down those fucking stairs in the dome. And there's a lot of people who have still got that mentality and it's absolutely great to see, like, there are people you saw travelling up and down this country constantly putting in that shift. I mean, it goes against, oh, look at me, I'm an absolute fantabulous man, Take Mayfair's, but Take Mayfair's one of the hardest working lads I've ever seen in regards yeah. to that. Big Guns Joe, used to see him up and down the roads doing everything for everyone. Like, act two now, like, the amount of shows I see them lads at just helping out, fan-bloody-tastic. And they deserve all the success in the world just for hard work alone there. Yeah. Mate, yeah, it's, it's brilliant. It's a good lesson for everyone. And, like, I'm sure that... You know, people will hear this, youngsters in the industry, and they'll say, well, that's good. You know, maybe my break is just around the corner. Um, someone who's, if you, if you can't see it, you can't be it, right? And like, you've, yeah, yeah, absolutely. You've shown how it's done. Mate, I did want to talk a little bit about the card. I know that the wrestling itself is not um, the only part of what we're looking forward to for the Darth Lad Emporium, but um, just a few of the things that have been announced so far really just 
I guess maybe even your quick thoughts about some of the wrestlers that you booked. So yeah, sure. we, know, we know that you've got a relationship or a friendship that goes back with Warren Banks. Now, yes. Warren Banks is wrestling Omari on the show. That one's been announced. It seems like a ready-made slot for Banksy there with Omari. Omari, OTT champion, I think, at the moment. So He is, yeah. So I first watched this match at Everything Patterned, uh, the original one that was run by Resurgence back in... 2019 maybe and I think both performers have come so far since that first encounter that I thought hey let's see what these guys have evolved into because I mean yeah Banks big old wazza he's my man like he's yeah. I, I will take every lick of credit for him I'm not allowed to because he's done <laughs> it all himself but I was one of his original trainers and you know when he makes it because he will make it I'm gonna milk that claim for everything that it's worth but now he's he's probably one of my best friends in the industry he's just one of the most genuinely nice guys who could yep. probably murder someone so it's pretty cool i, I love that guy deceptively large oh you just yeah he's like what six three built yeah. like he's ridiculous and he eats like an absolute madman and still has abs i don't get it some guys are just lucky mate you've had, you've had to work hard but it shows Oh, man, like I even sniff a bag of Chris and I put on three pounds. It's ridiculous. But um, yeah, and then Omari is just so good. Like I met Omari the first time I ever wrestled him, the first match of the pandemic tapings in a four-way with Ridgeway and Spike. And I was like, oh, yeah, I can understand why there's so much hype around this guy. He's incredible. And then he went away for a bit. And then all of a sudden, dude's OTT champ. He's yeah. bloody brilliant at what he does. And, you know... I saw that first match and I've seen how much both those have become just incredible athletes. So bang them together. Again, another match that could easily be main event. Yeah, absolutely outstanding. Mina Samuels versus Danny Luna, I think has been announced for the show so far, Gene. This is going to be two people that definitely can tell a story. What makes you pick up the phone to these two women? Nina Samuels, nothing but nepotism. I'm a big fan of Nina because we've been, we, we came up together in the London School of Lucha Libre. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah, you got uh, Will Ospreay, Cara <laughs> Noir, Nina Samuels, and then somewhere quite further down the line in me. Like, Nina is top tier. She's hateable. And yeah, but this match... Spoiler alert, it might get announced over the next few days. Subject to change. There might be more added. There might be something taken away. We don't know. We might have an import. We might not. I'm not going to tell you just now, but that match is subject to change. But anyway, Danny Luna, I've wrestled her a lot at Modern Nomad recently. Just very fucking good. Absolutely outstanding. Brilliant stuff. I didn't really, I, like, I'm sure I did know that about the London School of Lucha Libre. I don't know if I ever told you this, Gene. Our mate Ross, the boss of wrestling should be fun. He, we had his stag at the Resistance Gallery. Did I tell you this? And um, so we, it was the day of a New Japan London show. And, oh, wow. And then I rang up the owner of, the, or I guess it was the owner of the Res Gal or the proprietor Gary. anyway. Yeah, that's right, Gary. And, um, and then the fellow behind the bar who was just like a lovely gent as well. So anyway, in there, but they were nice enough to leave the ring set up. So obviously we weren't doing anything silly or a couple of people we kind of had to stop from doing anything silly. At a, <laughs> a couple of um, when someone threatened a swanton, that was probably enough of that. But um, <laughs> yeah, it was just great. Like we, And so we ended up watching like an AEW pay-per-view 
sitting in the London School of Lucha Libre ring, which is just like a cool way to have a stag party for, you know, maybe the biggest wrestling fan I know. So that was That's brilliant. Uh, yeah, that was great fun in the uh, in the res gal. So yeah, that was my uh, debut in the London School of Lucha Libre ring. I've got a lot of memories in the res gal, really do. It's uh, yeah, a lot of memories. What a yeah. what a fantastic but also terrible venue. Absolutely agree. Couldn't agree more. Absolutely um, brilliant. But my God, then changing rooms. It's homemade <laughs> stairs up onto scaffolding. It's it is yeah. what it is. Yeah. The only good part about that scaffolding was uh, Charlie Morgan jumping off at it once a month for Eve. That oh, was always- yeah. Absolutely. I've, I've yeah. taken the plunge myself at Lucha Britannia a few times. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. Amazing. You, you daredevil you. That's, that's brilliant. Yeah, um, just young and thick. What? <laughs> Mate, also on the card, you're going to have to help me out with this one. So I know Sh- Shijihiro Iri yeah. and the young man that he's wrestling I haven't heard of before. Yeah, just Arbe, yeah. Yeah, so tell us about Arbe. It was, what's his story? Where's he from? Japan. Japan. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's basically, I saw these two have an absolute vile match at WXW a few years ago. And oh, I happened to hear that they're in the neighborhood this week. And I'd be remiss not to book them because I think, you know, wrestling is a variety show in itself. And I think at the indie level, when you see Japanese talent coming over, like I've had the opportunity to wrestle uh, Shiggy uh, last year in Birmingham, last September, fantastic time. I want him on the card because I think he's brilliant. Yeah, I think with such a variety on the show, why not put in two Japanese lads just beating each other up a bit? And Arbe's yeah. like, you know, he's got he's got comedy to him. Like, he's, he's very good at what he does. So, like... I'm expecting really great things from that match. And, yeah, I don't want to give more away because, uh, you know, those two are going to be having a fantastic match. I will say that about the show. I'm super excited to see Abe for the first time and to see Iri in the Dome once again. You know, every time I've been in the Dome with him, he ends up just leaving it all in the ring. We put it that way. Yeah, absolutely. Dude has a lariat that can take your head off as well. Put me down, that's for sure. Yeah. Oh, mate, you're doing yourself an injustice. You got a pretty decent one as well with Ainsley. <laughs> we spoke about the triple threat that we now know is going to open up the show. Yeah. Uh, Callum Newman, Liam Slater and Jack Bandicoot. I knew that two out of three of those guys were, you know, up and coming rising stars who we're probably going to see on our televisions, I would suggest, in the next couple of years at least. And now we know Jack Bandicoot as well is one for us to watch. Um, yes. So I just want to double check. There's nothing else you wanted to add about that one. Like we're kind of going down the personal route and what inspired you to book certain people. Is there, are there any personal what connections? Did, what inspired me to book that match is I wanted an incredible match to start the show with three lads. It would even matter like three wrestlers who are just capable of giving that high flying, high octane style, but are just so good as you know outside of that you know mechanism of wrestling as well it's a match i personally would want to watch so why not book it on my own show definitely and i think then the last match that's announced and it's only half announced really two matches um, two matches oh what am i missing like us one or the dean or mark one Okay, so all Mark I haven't seen announced as of yet. So here we go, hot hot news off the press. Let's hear what's all Mark got going on. So Dean Allmark, or he's uh, he's going to be doing the King of the Camp Show Challenge now. 
I love the camp shows. I, I went to them a lot as a, as a wee bambino, and I love that style. I love the camp show style, and I think, fuck, can I get away with putting this on a progress show? And I yeah, genuinely yeah. think, because it's just such a pure form of wrestling that I think people who think they know what wrestling's all about can watch that yeah. and have the greatest time. Yeah. Yeah. So it's all it's all penciled in of you know who's going to be answering the challenge. We've had a few applicants in, and I'm looking forward to seeing how that goes. Yeah, that's amazing. Like I never, I'm from Australia. I've never been to Butlins or whatever. The only reason I know what Butlins is because of wrestling. You know, I'm a yeah. Dragon fan and stuff like that. But I remember I went to a, a hustle show actually, and there are a, a couple of matches on that at Edmonton County School. But I remember one of them was Shah Samuels, a wrestler. And yeah. I remember that he, I'm not sure if he had a bet going with the fellas in the back or if it's just how he liked to do things on those types of shows. But, you know, I, I'm just a wrestling fan. I don't know anything about it really other than just watching it my whole life. But it was pretty clear to me that Shah did that match without falling on his back once, which I, I thought was, I was like, that is an absolute master and he got a bigger reaction from all the kids there than anybody else on that show other than maybe um, I think uh, oh, uh, NXT general manager Johnny Johnny Saint. Yeah, I, I met – I was, was cool. I could think it was Johnny Storm there. That's a different guy. Johnny Saint. Um, and he was on the show as well wrestling uh, Sid Scala. But, yeah, Shah Samuels blew everyone away. Unbelievable stuff. So I, I can't wait to see what Dean Ormark can do wrestling the camp style. It's going to be incredible, I think. Because he, oh, he is synonymous yeah. with the Camtra style. The guy is, he is so good at what he does. And I want to bring that to a progress show. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. Can't wait for that one. Uh, and then the last announced one uh, that I've got is Kid Lycos versus, how, what's the wording? Is it a internationally famous luchador? Is this... It is. It's a legendary luchador. I can't give too much away for legal reasons in regards to this, but let me just say, Booyaka, I have got maybe one of the biggest luchadors of all time. Now, I'm not saying that you're getting an absolute bargain by buying tickets for this. I'm saying even if these tickets were priced at £6.19 for a number for any sort of reason... I think the crowd, whether they're from the East Coast or the West Coast, will pop for this person. Uh, legally, I can't say who it is, but I think it's going to be a fantastic match. And like us too, is a sensational singles wrestler. We talk about the camp show. When that lad was like 15, 16, he was working three matches a day on the camp shows for six weeks. That boy has got more reps in him than most of the roster kind of thing. He is so bloody good. And it's a crime that he doesn't get that many singles bookings so i want him and i think it's going to be a big honor for him to wrestle you know some of san uh, diego's finest the mysterious luchador yeah I you agree. know it's quite mysterious having a um an open challenge for something so big as mask versus mask you know right yeah, uh, who comes out of this king of mysterious match will be you know will keep their mask in all seriousness i i think Maybe my favourite match ever in the Dome was Kid Lycos. I think that was the most recent uh, show there, the Chris Brooks return show, Lycos versus Chris Brooks. Yes. I thought it was an absolute masterpiece. And I, I just, 
I, this is me just plug in progress. Sorry if that's not your thing, but if you haven't seen that match, go and find it, watch it. it you know, it genuinely pissed me off that that wasn't the best match of the year in their top 10 matches. That yeah. should have been the number one match. It is fantastic. There's a warning on types of, you know, Viagra that says if you have an erection that lasts for longer than four hours, you need to seek medical help. I had to get medical help after that match. It was so good. Yeah. Like, it was ridiculous. It, it, honestly, it was just just beautifully done. Absolutely. Exquisite storytelling. And like us is on the show. I'm not going to say what he's doing yet. They're both phenomenal talent. And, you know, I get to team with those guys up at North Wrestling in Newcastle. Big plug for North. Fantastic people doing fantastic things. Yeah, but we get to think about as a trio up there, which is always fun. Absolutely brilliant. Okay. Mate, I think that's the end of the announced stuff. And I really think you've been so, so generous with, you know, really giving us some insight into the show. And I think we've, you know, we've also done well not to give anything away to the listener at the moment. Is there anything else that you think that we've missed out on? Anything that you think... I really want people listening to this to take this away about the show. And this is why you need to get down to the Tufnell Dome uh, Tuesday night, March the 7th. Tickets at bit.ly forward slash Gene Emporium. I think if you enjoy wrestling storytelling, if you enjoy comedy, if you enjoy fantastic matches, if you enjoy the chance to do something different with wrestling, that won't blur the lines and this, that, and the other. If you just want a solid night of entertaining as well, then this is the show for you. If you want a night out in London on a Tuesday, this is the show for you. It is entertainment. It is wrestling. And fingers crossed I won't get fired if it doesn't sell all the tickets. But, you know... Well, the one thing, the one thing that I'll say about that that I'm taking away from this, I mean, I was always going, but just based on the way that you've spoken about the show, I might think about seeing uh, my partner's name's Holly. I might see if Holly wants to come down. You know, she's not a big wrestling fan. Like, I don't think anyone's partners are. But I, I might. I, my wife hates it. But yeah. um, genuinely, this is a show for people who a love wrestling or b have never been to a wrestling show or don't care for wrestling. This is designed to be entertainment to put over this industry as more than just look at this and it's to it's just to create something new and will progress do something ever again like this i don't know this is a one-off show and it's going to be bloody brilliant the episode of itchy and scratchy where scratchy finally gets itchy they'll never let us show that again not in a million years <laughs> yeah kind of like that it's yeah. um it, it did feel quite ominous that the fact that the day after it got announced it was like wwe is no longer showing progress on the network anymore it's like <laughs> Ah, uh, okay. Can't wait for all the unprotected chair shots. Yeah, that's it. It's gonna it's gonna be the rock and Mick Foley for seven matches. <laughs> and if that hasn't sold you, dear listener, nothing will. Jane, mate, thank you so, so much for your time as always. You always give us more than we ask for, but I just can't wait for the show. And you know, I, I wish you all the best with it, obviously, but I know it's gonna be absolutely smashing. One more time, dear listener, it is Gene Money's Darflat Emporium, Tuesday, March the 7th, in the Tufnell Dome. Uh, that's at Tufnell Park on the Northern Line. Really easy to get to, easy to get home for everyone on a Tuesday night. The bar will be open. It's reasonably priced, especially downstairs in the pub, might I tell you. And yeah. um, tickets available wherever you get your tickets from. Just Google Progress Wrestling. You'll find it. Have I got it, Gene? 
you know what? You've done that way better than I could. And I literally have a laptop in front of me with all of the information on. You've smashed that, mate. Thank you. Absolutely no worries, mate. We'll see you again really soon. Maybe we'll um maybe we'll have you on to talk about it afterwards if that's okay with you. We'll check back in. Would that be all right? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we'd love to because that'd be great. And then you know maybe talk about the sequel. Gene, quickly give us your socials. At I'm so money on Instagram. I uh, know Twitter on ugh, on Instagram. It's at Gene underscore money on Facebook. It's just Gene money on tiktok I, I don't know uh you'd think i'd homogenize it all i just have one thing but no let's make it difficult for myself and everyone else search gene money and if you don't find it i didn't deserve to have you in the first place agreed same thing search wrestling should be fine and if you can't find us we don't deserve to have you gene i'm not sure we deserve to have you mate but it's oh, such a I don't say that. thank you so much mate we'll see you again soon until next time dear listener don't forget rate review subscribe most importantly though drink lots of water Look after you, mate. Thanks a lot, Dom. I've been watching you a la 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 long, a la 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 long, 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 long. Come on, a la 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 long, a la 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 long, 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 long. Uh, yes, Dom, I do agree. James Anderson is the best bowler of all time. Thanks for that. Well, this is the voice of JCH in a seamless transition. That's how good our editor is. From Dom, and we thank. Gene Money for all his time and look forward to being at the uh, Darth Lads Emporium next Tuesday, depending on when this comes out, the 7th of March. I'm joined by two guests today. Firstly, we've got, I still believe, the second most appearances on the pod behind Roster Boss Casey, Big Laddie Cool, the con man. How you doing, Matt? Yeah, I'm all good. I'm making up ground on Ross this week. I mean, he's uncatchable, I think, with the amount of pods he's been on. But, you know, maybe I'm making it into a title race. Maybe I can try and catch him before episode 100. You must be coming close to 50 for yourself, if not past. I found a book I made the stats on when I was cleaning the other day, and you were about 38 then, and that was a while back. When uh, you're a cricket man, James, when I make 50, do they raise the bat 50, or is that only 100? Yeah, I I raised the bat when I got my one and only 50, because I'm never getting to 100. (laughs) Right, so, so we'll have to find out if I need to raise the bat in future episodes then, but we must be close, yeah. Uh, also joined, we've got a very special guest live from Canada, coming not from Montreal today, but was at Montreal over the weekend. We have got Rich, my brother. How you doing, Rich? I'm doing good. Uh, you watched me play cricket once, got a golden duck, so let's uh, hope this is a, a bit better of a performance <laughs> today. That was my uh, debut on the pod, so. Yeah, yeah let's see up in the middle of a hat-trick. <laughs> wow, you know, that's this history right there. You know, someone's <laughs> got to be that middle, middle wicket, so... Okay. I, I also, you did get that wicket when you hit the guy about four wickets outside. But definitely LWW. Because we all don't appealed. The umpire didn't know the rules and gave him out. Big well, no, the umpire's exact words were, I have to give it. So he had to give it. So it's all good. That's enough cricket talk. James, uh, I should throw, you should throw in that that's, that's not a kayfabe brother brother. That's a shoot brother, right? It is shoot brother, no, it's yeah. Not, shoot it's brother. not work. Yeah, it's, it's not, not work. work. <laughs> that wasn't, it felt like a very hard intro there. <laughs> brother, uh, how you doing? No, no. It's, you know. Obviously, don't see each other in person at the much these days. We're living across a pond, but uh, we, we did attend um, All Out together in September now, wasn't it? September? Yeah. That was, that was the last time I saw you, wasn't it? I think so. Didn't come yeah. over Christmas, so yeah. <laughs> and, and the and the bills like flamed out in the playoffs, so we never yeah, went to that, that was planned. But um, Rich, being in Canada, you we thought this week we'd speak some Elimination Chamber. It's had the uh, it featured the storyline that's grabbed the wrestling world. Even those sort of lapsed WWE fans, some might say, have been brought back in by the 
by the greatness of uh, of that. But um, yeah, Rich, you made the trip up uh, to Montreal for the show. Um, is that far for you? I, my Canadian geography is about as good as Matt's uh, <laughs> geography. <laughs> Lancashire. No, it's not. Well, it's it's about a five hour drive, but because it's the middle of winter, I decided to fly. The airport's a ten minute walk from my condo, so I walked across to the airport, and it's about an hour flight, and then about fifteen minute Uber downtown. So mm. all in all. Probably about an hour and a half door to door. So it's not so, Pearson, easy trip to make for that one by the island. The island airport, yeah, Billy Bishop, yeah. It's a good name. So yeah, yeah, walkable. It's not the the airport that flies to England. Uh, it's smaller planes. Uh, when you're taking off and landing, you feel like you're about to drive into a lake because it's literally on an island. So it's a bit terrifying, but survived. When when did you get down? Was it Sunday morning? Saturday morning, sorry. So yeah, so I flew Saturday morning, got there kind of lunchtime, went for a little walk. Montreal was buzzing, like it was weird. Like we went to, like you mentioned, Chicago, we went to all out, but because of the way that's situated, it's like out of the city, right? And it's kind of yeah, it's buzzing once you get to the parking lot and you're outside the venue. But the Bell Center is right down in the heart of Montreal, and just walking around, I went to get some lunch. And it was just like everyone was a wrestling fan. Like it was awesome. It's like Montreal in February is pretty cold, so there's not a ton of people <laughs> just generally around. But yeah, it was like you could just feel the atmosphere as soon as I got downtown, which was still probably like eight hours before the show. Uh, and it was yeah, it was probably the most electric I've been. Went to SummerSlam here in Toronto, which is literally it was at the end of my street here. That wasn't the same. Uh, like there wasn't really much buzz going into that other than just a big WWE event. Uh, but yeah, this one, you could tell that something big was going down and people were excited for it. That's cool. Yeah. That sort of reminds me of New Orleans in WrestleMania 30 with uh, Daniel Bryan, which is similar. Right. Almost a similar sort of story, I guess. Not quite done. Not not the um, same story at all, but the same sort of underdog babyface type story with uh, who needs a beard and a shave and a haircut. <laughs> Yeah, and, and being in one of the WrestleMania towns that were like a small walkable town made makes such a difference because it's just as you say, like everyone's just there as fans in a good mood. People are having dressed as a ref. Someone's having a match on the street and all that. Maybe not in February <laughs> in Canada, but <laughs> yeah, there's quite a lot of snow around. I don't think people want to be yeah. rolling around on the floor too much. But uh, yeah. So, uh, what sort of time did you get in? What was your uh, seats like for the show? So I was in the the lower bowl. So it's a it's a hockey arena. So if anyone's familiar with hockey, uh, it's basically like four rows behind the goal. So looking straight at the entrance where the Titans run. So pretty good view, elevated enough that the people on the floor weren't kind of blocking my view or anything. But what was interesting and one slight complaint, and I'm guessing this is because because of the chamber itself. There was no screens in the venue showing stuff. And you know, if you've ever been to a show where it's like not in a bar where you're really close to the ring. Like, <laughs> you need to rely on those screens for some of like the more intricate stuff. Like I had no idea that Sammy Zayn's wife was in the front row. Like, how would I know that? So like all that stuff that went on, I had no clue until after the fact, that's what was going on when they were down there. Cause yeah, I'm guessing, cause most hockey arenas have the big kind of whatever it is, like the four way yeah, cube at the top with the monitors. Yeah. But I'm guessing they had to take that down so they could hang the chamber. Cause they obviously lift that up and, and put it down. But yeah, I think that was the only kind of criticism I had was just lacking that because especially with the chamber matches as well, you know, if you've ever been to a, like a, anything that has a steel cage or anything like that, again, it's kind of hard to always see exactly what's going on on the inside. So kind of missed a, a few key things there. But other than that, the atmosphere was buzzing from the get-go. Classic WWE, they're obviously always showing adverts for WWE Shop and stuff like that. And every time Roman Reigns came on the screen, like massive booze, like even an hour before the show started. 
as soon as everyone noticed that the uh the kickoff show had gone on air everyone just started the fuck you roman chants which was <laughs> great uh you see the panel kind of squirming a little bit uh you know this, this pg era of don't know yeah. i'm not sure how keen of that they were but uh no like everyone was like i think everyone was there for the main event right like i think uh i think it was a good show but just going back to what you said about the screens and what what did not have like the like an entrance way like titantron or anything no, I just said uh, it just said elimination chamber the whole time. I yeah, didn't, they didn't show it on the Tron. Yeah, it was really weird. I, I feel bad for people like because this is it's like three tiers of a bowl, and like so if you're at the back, I don't, like, I don't know what you would have got out. Like obviously you're still in the atmosphere, but like anything like submission, like obviously the the women's chamber there's a couple of submissions and stuff like that. Like you you wouldn't have been able to see any of that. You're just in three women lying on top of each other, which you know whatever tickles your fancy, but not the best view. I was going to ask. This is probably a question that has been covered on other shows and stuff, but I don't think I've ever heard the answer because I've heard about like what you were touching on there with like sight lines and the view of chamber matches. How tough is it to see the action? You said about the submissions being a struggle. Can you still get a gist of the match and a, and a feel for it? Or is it a struggle at times? Yeah, I think, I, I think it may have actually probably been preferable to be higher up. Like where, where I was, like I say, I was like elevated enough that you could see anything when they were on the map, but like not in great detail. But I think the hard thing, especially the chamber, they have the different, like pods that each person's in and like so where i was if anything was like the back two pods you couldn't really see what was going on there because the, the front two pods were kind of in the way so it was yeah i think it's you probably want to either be higher up where you can get a bird's eye somewhat of a bird's eye view or kind of closer where those, those seats are five thousand dollars or something which i don't like it that much um, <laughs> but yeah i think it's it's one of those things you know going into it um, i know people have talked about it with hell in a cell as well right when it's like the big red cell how easy it is to see through it but i think it's the wwe does a good job of making it still visible like obviously it's chain linked so the holes in the chains are big enough for Natalia's head, so they're pretty big, uh, so you can see through them. I did. I was worried it was stuck at one point; like she couldn't get straight back out. And I was like, "Oh, this is great! They have to bring out the butter and like." Like the kids that used to put their head through the fence at school and then get their head stuck in the yeah. But uh, uh, you can still you definitely see enough. You can get the gist of what's going on in the chamber matches. Like you can see, obviously, like Montez Ford climbing up, jumping off. You can see. All all of that stuff so it is uh it's definitely worth going i think the atmosphere was definitely helped with that as well though oh um, one quick uh, question one more yeah. sorry one more we, uh, we seem to ask this with every event whoever goes did you have a beer what were beer prices like i did not i wasn't drinking but uh i did check out the guy that was coming round. it was uh i think it was 13 dollars, which is probably about nine dollars us which is probably what, like six seven pounds uh, Quebec is generally cheaper than Ontario anyway. So I think that probably helped. Uh, I think like when I was here, when I've been to events here, it's you kind of talking uh, probably like $18 for a beer, which is just insane. Uh, and obviously what I'm interested in, how much was the red wine? Oh, I didn't see any red wine. <laughs> uh, you know, it's, it's it's very French. So I'm pretty sure there probably was some red wine around, like some baguettes and cheese uh, knocking about. But yeah. I didn't, is it that I one in All Out? It. There was just one one stall, which was the furthest one away from us, was the only one in the building selling just, red wine. Just stocked up on that and uh, 100 <laughs> yeah. jello shots to sell on. <laughs> So, um, yeah, do you want to skip straight to the main course or do you want to talk about the uh, undercard first? Anything stand out for you on the undercard? I'd watched the show. Um, me and uh, James came around. 
we had it we had a couple of drinks but we watched uh i, I remember enjoying the show as a whole i didn't think i i because I, I, I re-watched the last five minutes the next day and saw it was because i actually resubscribed to the network to watch it as opposed to last time when i bought the pay-per-view on bt because i was too drunk before it started to work out how to sign up this time i'd worked the saturday so i was i was all right before we started it was uh two hours 53 minutes i think like showtime which is great these days i mean much as i love like AEW, it's a four and a half hour show at one in the morning like sod off lads we don't need the jake hager match just let him come out with his hat but like, this was like almost like the old black and yellow takeover nxt i'm sure what nxt's might still be i think the last one there was a five match card five match card no filler bang 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 i know you said there was quite a lot of time in between the matches rich yeah when you're there you really feel it and I, uh, anyone who's been to any wwe taping the tv shows are definitely worse like i'm never going to aurora smackdown again uh they're just so long and just so many breaks but even in this like i think i text you after about an hour and 15 minutes and there'd only been the chamber match or the, the women's chamber and then the the brock lashley match which was only five minutes and we were already like an hour and 15 minutes in so it's kind of like there was times when it drags and i think part of that was also just like the anticipation for the main event like people were just trying to get to that point right like I, I think the crowd was very good throughout and like got into the other the other matches but i think that was like that's why everyone was there right so it kind of you were just waiting for that to happen and everything in between was just kind of a, a stopgap to get there yeah i feel it was like when you did text me that it was in the middle of like a 15 minute charlotte flair promo i don't uh, think they showed that in, in, in the they might have though i don't like she looks completely different now so i don't know if i'd recognize her when she walks in <laughs> I don't know, it just looks really different but um yeah no they didn't show that they showed the seth and becky batman trailer thing which went down well in the arena people love that though you couldn't really hear what becky was saying which is the same as when you watch that batman in the movies you couldn't hear what he was saying after time either <laughs> uh, they're consistent at least uh, Conman, would you have any thoughts on the uh, the opening couple of matches? What was the order? Um, Women's Chamber kicked off. Yeah. Um, I don't remember too much. It felt, um, you know, the Women's Chamber. I think was there was a hot favourite, and we were just waiting for that moment, really. Um, but there were some cool spots. Liv Morgan hit that awesome uh, power bomb uh, off the chamber. Uh, it was probably the standout moment for me. And yeah, they told some nice little stories between the women in the match as well. Some good little rivalries. I thought Raquel came out of it looking pretty good. I had no real hot takes about it, but I thought it was a pretty solid uh, opener. Yeah, I think I think yeah. in the uh, I think it was Roe in the side chat said, "Oh, did that seem really quickly, go, uh, really quick?" And it was about 20, 25 minutes match, and it did fly by. It was pretty. Yeah, I think everyone's excited at the start. It's a nice little pace match because you do get the um, timed of their choosing. Apparently, Mike informed me not five minutes uh, <laughs> interruptions of uh, each each person coming in. And um, yeah, so unless you're Ross, uh, I think everyone else picked uh, Asuka to win. And uh, I don't think it was the, uh, I mean, I can talk with my Kyrie, but I don't think it was the wrong decision at all, like just to put the favourite over us. And that's what we've said on many times before, isn't it? Just because it's the obvious outcome doesn't mean it's the wrong one or it's not what the fans want to see. And um, I think the uh, Asuka v Bianca is a, a matchup that uh, will entertain a lot and something we can look forward to uh, going into the Mania season. Yeah, and they cleared yeah. the field enough, I think, as well. Like, with the, the women that were in there, you know, there's no one whose reputation is going to be hurt. Like, you'd have had maybe a Shayna in there who's previously cleared house in a chamber. I think they they made the route for Asuka strong enough. And Carmella, you know, seemed a threat with some cheeky pins and being the top heel that she can be. But they also, yeah, got to the right result, like you say. And, and Asuka looked dominant against women she should be dominant against. 
Yeah, I think Asuka was massively over in the crowd. Liv Morgan's still massively over, like big booze when she got eliminated. Uh, but I think they made her look strong because she was the double right? With uh, the Natalia getting the uh, the shot trooper, obviously, like just uh, pop the crowd. Um, but yeah, I think Carmella, like I'm a big Carmella fan. I think she's a very good heel. Like I don't think she always gets the credit she deserves because I think she was pretty much the only real heel in the match, right? Like no one else was really a true heel. And I think she just did such a great job. She did a classic like hiding in the pods from time to time and stuff like that. And I think she just kept it like, Otherwise, it was kind of how do we protect all these people by eliminating them because we want the crowd to still like them. Uh, whereas she she was that good kind of equalizer in there. So I thought uh, credit to her. Old uh, Michael Cole had a bit of a mess up knee. Do you remember the first? I think it was Nikki. Was Nikki eliminated first? Oh, so. and he thought there was a kick out. And he went, oh, and she just kicked out. And then and she's like, and Nikki Cross has been eliminated. They share it back. <laughs> it doesn't move at all. Just like. <laughs> <laughs> where have you, what you maybe had so, someone fed in the wrong line it's like, <laughs> yeah. I mean yeah. I think the uh, a-, a team commentary would get a better one than a commentary position at Stevenage but you never know <laughs> yeah then we had Lashley Lesnar not much to say about this one from my point of view I mean it's a it's just a sort of let's keep them both protected well enough just move them on to other things for now with this Lashley gets the prize of Bray Wyatt so he's the match I won't be watching at Mania. <laughs> Unless, because it less than it looks like he's going to wrestle Omos. So, yeah, I probably won't see either of them. But... <laughs> yeah, they're setting up uh, Lesnar Omos, I think, from Raw, unless it's a decoy. Yeah, I think okay. it was... Uh, the, the match was terrible. The fans were not happy with, like, you can be more creative than a low blow to finish it, I think. But then, obviously, the F5 through the announce table and then did the same to the ref, kind of gave the... What was the theme of the night? Let's uh, let's ho- hope the fans forget at the end of a finish or at the end of the match uh, by giving them something to pop afterwards. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I could have done without that match. Really, it was a, a bit pointless. The fans that haven't seen like these two men, yeah, it's kind of impressive to see them throw each other around for a bit. So people probably enjoyed that. Yeah, that's what I always thought about WrestleMania. Was much like I used to get annoyed by the Undertaker coming out and taking longer than it takes to cook Chicago Town Pizza. I was thinking the first time I saw it, I was like, this is cool. And I think right. all these people are here for the first time. Like it is pretty cool they get to see this. I mean, by the end it wasn't at all, but the first fifth six <laughs> times and that it was like you could you can see why he was there. Like it, um... I, I had no, yeah, I had no, I no real strong thoughts about it. Really, I, I wasn't as down on it because in my head, of course, Brock Lesnar would kick you in the dick if he thinks he's going to lose. That's exactly what Brock Lesnar would do. <laughs> Isn't he the face though? Yeah, but is he? Well, I don't know. This is a, this is a question. <laughs> he is. He is. But is he? If Brock Lesnar, a guy, you know, that match, I think he's going to lose. Of course, he's going to kick you in the dick, was my thought. I just don't understand. When Bobby Lashley is sweating that much, why, like, the hurt lock is actually that hard to get out of? Like, surely you just slip straight out. Like, he is literally, <laughs> like, they stand him on his little podium when he came out, and he is glistening. It's like, if, I'm guessing he, he must baby oil himself up or something before. But, like, it is, like, it's insane. Like, it looks like he's got out of the shower. Like, it's insane. <laughs> yeah. It reminds me of the uh, Cabana Punk podcast where they talk about the shield there's these companions like why are they all so wet you have um, long hair in wrestling it's always wet yeah and then um was it the mixed tag or the men's chamber next it was the mixed, tag was next yeah dominic the most over man of the night more than sammy zane speaking of wets <laughs> we have dominic <laughs> <laughs> 
I don't really remember a lot of this match, to be honest. Like, I just remember everyone just hating on Dominic and him just being hilarious. I, I enjoyed him. But I, I don't know if that's what you want, though, when he isn't actually in the match himself. I think it distracted a little bit. And then uh, I remember the finish being the FDR finish, which is obviously sparking rumours of where they're going, what's happening next. Probably just edge trolling because they're like best mates. But that's all well, I this, really... this was another example. Um, and the one I can come up off the top of my head is... Uh... The WrestleMania one with Angle and Rousey, of where I've gone in going, oh, I'm not sure this is the match I'm most excited for, really, like in terms of it's a mixed tag and there's limitations to what they can do. But I'll be honest, after about five minutes, I was bought in. I thought all the spots were great. The cutting off when Finn cut off uh, Edge for the tag and stuff was really well done. Um, Rhea and um, Beth had some really nice interactions. I thought it did its job and, and actually was exactly what this podcast is. It was, it was wrestling should be fun, I thought. I thought it was a, it did exactly what it should. And, you know, Rhea didn't take the loss in a way. Bala has, and that set forward his match for Mania. So it did everything it had to do and it was enjoyable while it lasted. Yeah. And I think if I'm remembering correctly, like Dominic ran away, which obviously like to the crowd's delight and like the whole singing goodbye. But like, my favorite part was, was I think he only waited about three seconds and then just came straight back came out. Back, yeah. <laughs> it was just so good. Like usually, usually they wait like five minutes and then you get the big reaction when they come down, like to like spoil a finish or something. But like he was like, "No, nah, I'm just gonna turn around and come straight back down again." I can't get enough of Dominic. He is up there <laughs> for wrestler of the year right now. What the work he's doing, whether how you know there is an argument about how much direction he's getting or whether he is just you know a little wet behind the ears, and that's why. But it's just I find it amazing every week he makes those comments about serving jail time and i'm still <laughs> popping for it i'm still popping for it it is good he was very good the crowd the crowd like we're eating out the palmer's head as well which is you know for all of his inabilities maybe in ring he's definitely doing the heel stuff like outside and around the ring very well and then speaking a of a um, version of bray Wyatt, that's for another that's for another pod i think james we're gonna go <laughs> Um, but I was going to say, in terms of reactions, I don't know how it came across in the arena. I'm guessing it on telly it came across loud in the next match. You said Dominic gained booze. Logan Paul felt like uh, his running got a lot of heat. Yeah, he got some good heat. And I, what was wild about that was I, I got worked by the Montez Ford injury. Like I legit, like yeah. the whole crowd did, like because they brought in the extra people, like the medical staff, oh, medical staff, uh, in, and it was like. I think everyone bought into it. Like there was like a hush around the around the arena, and then people started chanting his name, like almost like going back to cricket, like that cricket applause. Like as he was kind of slightly moving, like people definitely got wet by that. And then as soon as you saw Logan Paul, it was like, oh, that's why the door has to be open for so long. <laughs> I get it now. And like I think the fact that like everyone was worked so much by the injury, like even added to that kind of heat that he got when he came out. And it was just like, yeah, it was intense. People did not want to see that. And then people realizing like, oh. Austin Theory is winning this, which I, I think most people probably knew going in. But again, I think I always find it harder. We'll talk about this a bit in the main event is like, I don't know if we're like the average fan that goes to these WWE events, right? Like, you know, you guys do pick them. I did pick them for one day, one year and got them all wrong, uh, which James will get annoyed about. But I think it's like, we, we obviously follow this pretty intently. I think we know the direction things are going in further down the line. And I, I always wonder if like in these crowds, I think people are genuinely pissed off because they probably thought, oh, Seth's going to win this. They don't think about, no, Theory's keeping hold of the belt here. Like, there's no chance he's actually losing it to Seth. Seth's already got his, like, his uh, Mania program sorted out. So I think when they saw him, yeah, it was definitely an instant reaction of just booze and people just being pissed off. So I was going to say, I would sometimes wish I still had that view. Because as much yeah. as it is to sort of deep dive into it and sort of theorise and everything, like, some of the best times I have in wrestling is when you're just in the moment, isn't it? Like, going to... 
that I don't know, Riot Cabaret every week and not really knowing any of the, knowing a bit of backstory, but not really knowing, you know, who was going to win. Yeah, it's like it, it's theater, right? Like, or it's pantomime, whatever you want to call it. Like, the whole thing is, is you want to be worked. You want to be like, it's about the the instant reaction. And when you kind of, the more you know and the more you learn, it makes it a bit hard to uh, really just kind of, just kind of not react a certain way or kind of expect things to happen. Let's uh, move on to talk about. Uh about Sami Zayn in the main event. Go from the, the the entrance, the, I mean, I think I sent a video of me dancing around my living room with a rum and coke, but uh, how was it in the building? It was insane. Like we were, like we said, we were there for all out and Punk obviously wrestling Moxley uh, in Chicago. And uh, that was probably one of the better reactions I've been in, even though I was cheering on Mox and that. But like, I think this was like mm. pure, every single no but like even then it was like there was some divide in the crowd right whereas this is like it was just pure maybe like a couple of people who like to be contrarian like making some roman trying to start some roman chance but like everyone there wanted sammy to win everyone was there to see sammy and like everyone was in his corner and it was just like it was electric from the get-go like instant heat as soon as roman's music hit like i've never heard anything like that and like and good heat it's not like roman when he was supposed to be a babyface go away roman heat it was like pure like we hate this guy we want him to lose and i think that's i, I want to touch on that now is that i think roman is not getting talked about a lot because of like obviously the outcome and stuff like that but like his work in this match was like excellent like he is a very good heel like he played the crowd perfectly and he did a lot of good stuff in in the match um, yeah, to kind not- of get the crowd going just going back to something, you, I, so I'm not sure how well you've seen it. Have you rewatched it on TV? I've watched parts of it. Like, well, I watched Raw last night where they showed like the, the his, highlight package. His face, like, I mean, me and Clarky were saying we were watching it, and then Clarky watched it back and messaged me again. His facial expressions at the, before the match even started, like going with the opposite way around, champ out first. I think it's definitely the right call in that situation, just to build up the the yeah. crowd even longer and and sort of build up the anticipation. I know like some people be traditionalist about it, but I thought it, that was great. And then, um, yeah, his just facial expressions as he as he's sort of going from a sort of smirking to, to oh shit, the crowd might actually play a factor in this sort of thing. Uh, yeah, he he was he was brilliant. I say to have any kind of baby face really to get over like to the extent you need to have something to play off, and that and he's been fantastic. Yeah, because uh, like as much as everyone was there to see Sammy win, I think everyone was also there to see Roman lose, right? Like, it, and that just makes it perfect yeah. rather than just like, oh, this is the hometown hero. We, it, like, whoever he's fighting, we're going to be behind him. It's like, no, people want to see the 900-odd day streak be broken, uh, him to lose the title. And uh, yeah, well, yeah, it was just insane. That's... And then when Sammy came out, it, it was just insane. Like, I've never heard anything so loud. Well, that, that's the difference with the, the Punk Moxley match. Like, everyone loved John Moxley. Like, all right. the punk fans, they went didn't hate John Moxley. It was hard. Like he had to do a, de- a bit of a job on Wednesday to try and turn him against him. And, and between them, they managed to do it a bit to like a, as you say, to about 75, 25, maybe it's 70, 30 going yeah. in. Whereas, yeah, and as you say, in that crowd, the difference between everyone wanted Sammy to win and Roman to lose. And that's that's that big yeah, difference that makes this just perfect, like, probably the better the better atmosphere. As I say, as you the one who experienced both of them, then you know, I'd bow to you on that one and concede that it was a, a more over babyface moment. Yeah, and it just like like Triple H played it perfectly in the back. He knew when the crowd was just about starting to dip on the the heat and the all A chance, and like then the music hit right. Like he obviously he didn't pre time. He wasn't like I'm hitting the music after three minutes. He was like he waited. He was listening to that crowd and he did it perfectly. Music hit. Sammy comes out and it's just like 
part of me wanted him kind of like texture to come out as El Generico. Obviously, that didn't happen. I did think maybe he'd at least have a shave. That didn't happen. Yeah, I thought he'd like, have a shave and a haircut. Yeah, like a, and a flat cap. Uh, but it was no. It was it was just so good, so loud, and like two standing ovations before the gate, like the match even started, which is like insane. Like it would die down, and then they would just like mouth off to each other in the ring, and it would just start the crowd up. Like it was just everyone was there to see that match and, and see them win. Was there any moment that you like bit? Uh, yeah, I think it was after one of the halluva kicks. I think I I thought maybe, and I think just being there, and I think just the whole crowd being behind it, like you did start thinking like it does kind of make sense for Sammy to win it. Like they could do this, and I think I text you, and I, we can get into this. Like I think they should have put Sammy over. I think it was just like you literally had a opportunity to make maybe a top five all time. WWE moments and WWE are all about their moments. That's all they care about. They don't care about the whole match. They care about what can I put in a 30 second video package or trailer or whatever, right? And like, like this would have been it. And it's like everyone's saying, like, oh, we said the same about Drew at Clash of the Castle, but like Drew didn't have the storyline going into this, right? Like this is a storyline that's been going on for eight months long. I think a lot of Sami Zayn is about the chase. So I think you could give him like give Roman back the title, like let him cheat to win the title a week from now on Raw or SmackDown or whatever, right? Like I think the way the crowd was and when it finished, it wasn't like I've been in places it was like SummerSlam. I think it was with a Kofi match with I think it was Randy Orton. He got himself disqualified after like 30 seconds. And like that was just booze of like that was shit. Like why <laughs> like what was this? Whereas like the end of this match was just like the air was sucked out and people were just like sad and like disappointed. And it wasn't like that sucks. It was just like, oh, like okay, now we're going to like, yeah, maybe he'll lose it to Cody. But like Cody has a story with the belt. He doesn't have a story with Roman. Yeah, that's, right? what, that's what I was going to ask you. Do you think like whatever reaction, if we assume Cody's going to win, I'm, I'm not 100% sure that he'll beat him. I think that's what- I hope he doesn't now. Otherwise I'll be even more annoyed. <laughs> but, um, if, if, if Cody wins it, like that's even but, more annoying. But, but do you me. think the reaction Cody Rhodes will get at WrestleMania for beating Roman Reigns, I don't think it would be as big or as loud even as Zayn winning that title in Montreal. No, it won't. It, like that moment, like the place would have got, like the roof would have blown up. Like, I'm not kidding. People would have been, they would have stayed there for like, an hour celebrating afterwards if if they put Sammy over. And I think, I think they did drop the ball. And I, I understand the whole like, well, don't just flip things on a crowd. But like, they've been working towards this. They they knew a year ago they had this date booked, right? Like venues aren't booked a week in yeah, advance. But I don't think they right? knew a year ago that. I think they'd more likely to think that this was a Kevin Owens spot. I don't think they. Which think, is, I don't but, think they thought fine, the, Zane, but, the Zane thing would have caught on as well as it but, did a year when they put Spend You. If, if I'm honest, but they've known for two months now that Zane's caught on, right? Like it's not like they would have been scrapping. Like the crowd didn't show up that night and was electric, and they thought, "Oh crap!" We like it wasn't like the the acclaimed match that we saw at all out. Sorry to keep talking about that, but like how people were like, "Oh, the acclaimed should have gone over swerving our glory because of how the crowd reacted." Like that would have been a last minute flip with like going against what they planned. Whereas this was like they knew Sami Zayn was over for a few months now. Like he's a proven ratings draw. They knew they're in Montreal and they knew how the crowd was going to be right. And I think that's why. And, and part of it's probably biased because I was there and it would have been so good <laughs> to, to witness live. But I think just generally, like, even if I'd watched on TV, like, like I say, it was just like an evaporation rather than a like we're angry that Romans won. Like, it was just like, oh, that's kind of sad. And like whoever wins it now, I think even if they put Sammy over Roman at SummerSlam or something like that, like it's just going to feel like, no, that should have happened in Montreal. Like, I don't think he'll even get that pop. Even if they bring it back to Montreal, maybe is the only way they can replicate it to there. But I don't think they're ever going to have that much kind of heat and crowd reaction behind a match. 
Yeah, it did uh, feel like a perfect moment. I can understand that. And I think, I feel that, I mean, there's still plenty more we could speak about Jey Uso, Kevin Owens. That's all stories that aren't quite finished yet, whereas that's the end of this Roman and Sammy chapter. And I think the way you've uh, summed up being there live in the building, Rich, we really appreciate that. Have you got anything? I know you've got your own uh, podcast. Uh, do you want to plug? Give, us a, give yourself a quick plug. Sure, wrong foot podcast, talking all things football, soccer as it's called, as I do it with someone from Boston. So we're talking Premier League, uh, actually recording later tonight, this weekend's overview. So check us out, wrong foot podcast or at wrong foot pod on Twitter. Uh, yeah, that's where cool. you can find me. Come man, any goodbyes or plugs? No. Cool. And uh, from JCH, <laughs> see you, pals. Wrestling should be fun, should be fun. Wrestling should be fun. Wrestling should be fun, should be fun. Wrestling should be fun.